because we now have the Cinema Giant! Hello and welcome to the Cinema Judge. To all my regulars, you know how much I love it when you come back and listen. I am so grateful. If you're new to the show, here's a show in a nutshell. I give you the evidence and you make up your own mind. I'm not going to sit here and tell you not to see a movie. I'll tell you if I like a movie and I'll give you the facts and information. But I'm not here to yell, scream, and be all that. You're smart enough to come up with your own decisions, not have some guy tell you what to do. That's not our jam here. We love movies. We like to talk about movies. That's our deal. A movie oasis. A place where you could escape from all your troubles and just listen to movie news, information, hear the interviews. That's what I love. And that's what I want to give to you. It's really that simple. Because in the end, any movie is somebody's favorite movie. And I'm not going to tell you if this is it or not. But approaching the bench today, we have the new animated film from DreamWorks called the bad guys, and the cast is just incredible. From Sam Rockwell, Mark Marin, Aquafina, Craig Robinson, and I could go on and on. But here's a story of the bad guys. This animated film has several reformed yet misunderstood criminal animals attempt to become good with some disastrous results along the way. And this movie really does say a lot if you want to look into it. But here's a trailer for the bad guys. On the outside, the five of you are villains, predators, remorseless sociopaths. Oh, stop it. You're making me blush. We're the bad guys. And this is the crew. Mr. Snake, Serpentine, Safe Cracking Machine, Magic Houdini, but with no arms. Jackpot. Yes. Miss Tarantula. Our in-house tech wizard. Where'd you learn to do that? Mostly YouTube. Mr. Piranha. He's brave. <laughs> Crazy. What's up, Papa? <laughs> and Mr. Shark. Master of disguise. His greatest trick, stealing the Mona Lisa disguise as the Mona Lisa. <gasps> and rounding out the crew is me. The big bad wolf. We may be bad, but we're so good at it. Arrest them! We're out of here. So long, suckers. Go win, no win. Well, this just got a little weird. No! Wolf! If only we were given a chance to be anything more than criminals. If you want to stay out of jail, you need to go good. What are you doing? We're gonna pretend to go good. The bad guys become the good guys so we can stay the bad guys. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It's fantastic! Wolf, you're a genius! (laughs) Welcome to the first day of the rest of your best life. Look, it's a cat stuck in a tree. What does your heart tell you to do? A good person would smack it, skin it, stab it, saute it. Soft, it's so obvious. I want you to save it. Oh, right, right. right. Here it is. Here it is. The good guy. We're more than just scary villains. They love us. You're such a good boy. Maybe I don't want to be a, what? a bad guy. No. 
something simpler. I'm going to give you a push pop. Just for me. No, to share. This is going to taste extra sweet. Nope. Sucker. Is it? I'll teach you to share. <gasps> totally worth it. Now, in case you haven't heard of this movie or don't know anything about it, the bad guys are all animals that society deems bad from a wolf, snake, tarantula, shark, piranha and things like that so these whole group of bad guys who you know run that life of being bad kind of start thinking of a plan to try to be good at least pretend to be good and then get what they want and secretly being bad but coming up first we're gonna hear from the director this is a great interview when he first read the book that this is based on or the graphic novel or cartoon whatever you want to call it he was so inspired by man this could be like a tarantino thing but animated and all these other things he talks about from the usual suspects and you'll hear what he has to say but i love how he could read this and then translate it to wow this this is what i could make it into and this guy's an animator so immediately he starts you know drawing these things and making it happen it's just fun to see the inspiration seeing somebody go this is what i want to do here's a director talking about that so the first time i I saw the book uh, and the cover of the first book from aaron blaby you know the bad guys it was just an absolute, you know, mind blower. Uh, I had see, I saw in this cover a whole world of, you know, Quentin Tarantino, especially Reservoir Dogs. I saw a little bit of the usual suspects as well. And for me, it was immediately a, 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 a click. So went straight to the drawing board, immediately did a quick sketch of those characters to impregnate myself of the idea of these characters. But mostly what I saw was a giant, enormous idea. The idea of these five legendary animals that we all are scared of, and these guys decide to go good. Uh, The idea of using the villains of every story and just get them to turn into good guys. Um, But yet we could treat this as a heist movie, uh, in the fashion of Soderbergh and and Guy Ritchie, again, Tarantino, and then and then really just make build a whole world around this because it never had been done before in animation. We're going to hear next from Mark Marin, who plays Snake, and he's going to talk about all these characters and how they've all been deemed bad. It's a wolf, a snake, a piranha, spider. You know, it's a shark. I mean, these are you know uh, historically scary animals. So there's a lot of judgment, and I think that over time these characters sort of surrendered to the the most menacing judgment of them and and they just live it i mean it's a kind of a turn on that sort of uh, appearances and you know how we assume uh, people or animals are because of um, our own fear now coming up next we're gonna hear from the incredibly talented alex borstein now she's been in a lot of stuff but you might really recognize her from the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. She plays Susie. She is incredible in that role. I, I They should have a spinoff with just her character because she is incredible. But here she is talking about the character she plays in this movie, the chief. I like in general playing no-nonsense characters that, especially women, who know what they want and go after it with a fierce passion. And I think this police chief does that very well. She's not always successful, which I also like. I like being a bit of a fool. So 
I was attracted to that in the, in the character. My character, the police chief, has been after these bad guys since day one. She is convinced people are incapable of change. I might agree with her. Um, true change, are we really capable? So she's, she's kind of always, always at the ready to try and catch these guys. These are the bad guys, and she is convinced they will never be anything other than bad, and she must catch them, put them away, and make the streets safer for the good guys. Now, coming up next, we're going to hear from the director, and he's going to talk about what a joy it was to direct this kind of film. Because for him, it takes place in Los Angeles, and he's a big fan of Los Angeles. So here he is talking about all that. It's so exciting to direct a film like this, just because you have so much opportunity to explore a whole world. First of all, it's a big homage to Los Angeles. We're tre- like the whole, the whole background of this film is set in LA, uh, a city that, that we love, that I love. Uh, and, and, and it's really an homage to the lighting and, and the skyline of this city, you know, the messiness of this place and yet the incredible, incredible graphic quality of it. It's also so exciting to be doing a film in that genre. Now, coming up next, we're going to play a clip for you. Like he was talking about Los Angeles, this next clip takes place on the streets of L.A. And in this scene, we have the police chief cruising down the road chasing the bad guys. They're all in this car. They're driving. First of all, the chief of police is behind them. Then she catches up. She's all whipped up. She leans out of her car window, grabs their window, and it's just all livid. And they're like, hey, chief, what's the problem? You seem so worked up. You know, and then it's just, they keep going down the road. And then you'll hear the guy go, hey, chief. And he points up, you know, ahead of them. And there's another vehicle coming by. Then she pulls back in and the, the vehicle goes by. And the chase ensues. So here's a clip from The Bad Guys. I'm gonna put you guys away for so long, your fleas will have fleas! Chicken, you want some cake? You seem a little hangry. <laughs> Get that thing out of my face before Excuse I. Excuse me, Chief. What? be bad, but we're so good at it. <laughs> Anthony Ramos is up next, and he plays Piranha. And what he talks about in this interview is really quite cool. We all have seen dogs, cats, or creatures wag their tail. And in this interview, he discusses how a lot of these creatures who are in this movie have been deemed bad, so they've never really had the experience of approval or praise or somebody liking what you did. And he talks about how that can affect their actions from there on out. I think the wagging the tails is that feeling inside of you when you like do something that you know feels right. It's almost like Wolf, his tail was wagging because he's just like, wow, I feel like somebody sees me. You know, and this is a crew that probably feels like no one sees them, which is why they're like, we're just going to keep, like, we don't need to be good. People don't see us anyway. They don't care. Um, And finally, like, you know, he has this moment of feeling seen in a way that he probably never has felt before. And um, and I think that that sparks this 
this moment of like, I kind of want to explore this and see, see what, this, what this actually could be or what this is. Now, we have an example of that, what he's talking about. In this next clip, we have the bad guys. They're at like a, a, a gala. And Wolf is walking through the crowd with a, like this white suit on with a hat, pickpocketing people. And while in the background, the rest of the bad guys are like um, riding these food cart things. Or, you know, if you're at a event where people are pushing carts, not like busboy things, but things of that nature, they're in the background doing that. And while they're doing that, he's pickpocketing people and he actually fake bumps into the police chief and then heists like a little badge off of her so then he could get into other rooms. So here he is doing all that stuff. So while the music is playing, there's not a lot of dialogue happening. That's what he's doing. He's pickpocketing people. And he's walking down the steps, and there's this elderly woman in front of him. And he's going to try to grab her purse or stuff inside of her purse. She slips a little bit and starts falling forward. And he grabs a purse and then, well, okay, I guess I'll help you out. He pulls her back up, and she's so overjoyed. Oh, thank you. You're such a good boy. And he's like, what? what's this all about? Are you kidding me? And she just walks away all smiling. And then he's standing there. Then you'll hear this little whooshing sound. And that sound is his tail wagging. And he's, he's totally befuddled by this. He's like, what? What is this all about? He's looking behind him. His tail's going. So that's the scene. Check it out. Unit two is the backstage area still secure? This is where all the training pays off. Oh, pardon me. Terribly sorry. Not a problem, sir. Keep your eyes open, boys. They could be anywhere. Wolf is in position. Prana. Y'all penguin suited and booted? Affirmative. I'm a clean, mean dolphin stealing machine. What's going on, guys? Okay, ma'am. Oh, my gracious, yes. I may be dizzy, but I'm alive <coughs> thanks to you. What are you... Oh. Mm. Uh. Thank you, dear. You're such a good boy. Now, as that scene progresses, we're going to have, coming into the scene, Professor Marmalade. And he's played by Richard Ioadi. And in this interview, coming up next, he talks about, A, his character, and how that moment where Wolf has that, you know, coming to the light moment of, wow, my tail is wagging. And then immediately after that interview, we're just going to go right into the clip. I say, why not? In that clip, it starts off with Marmalade, you know, talking about being good and then the tail keeps wagging, and everybody goes, they're the bad guys! And all of a sudden, everybody repels down. The cops are all around them. 
and they go, you can't prove that. And then the thing that they were, you know, being accused of stealing drops out of somebody's outfit. <laughs> and then that the character goes, my baby, you know, just to try to, you know, go along with it. Something about that delivery just cracks me up. But then they go, ha ha, you're not going to catch us. And he takes out like the shooting device like you'd see on, you know, the old Batman and Robin, you know, series. They shoot it up to the ceiling to try to pull themselves up. But <laughs> it just, you know, pulls off the guy's pants or whatever. And then they're stuck there. So that's the scene after the set of interviews. Professor Marmalade is um, someone who very much aligns himself with uh, the forces of good, um, with the good. And so he is, he's very uh, concerned um, to convert the bad guys to, to his path, that of righteousness. But it's a somewhat unctuous righteousness, it seems. Um, he's rather self-satisfied. Mr. Wolf does experience a wag of the tail after an act of altruism. Um, it's surprising because he thought he was rotten to the core, um, like a, a really terrible apple. But he finds that he's not, that he does have goodness within him. Um, and so he, he ends up following that impulse in a certain way. He discovers that he likes to uh, feel like he's been helpful and that there's a certain a good feeling about um, helping others. Being good just feels so good. And when you're good, you're loved. It's the bad guy! Arrest them! <laughs> Come on, you can't prove that. My baby! On your knees, bad guys, with your hands up. Never! We're out of here! So long, suckers! Well, this just got a little weird. We're going to hear next from the director, and he's going to talk about how trying to transfer this from a adult theme inspired sources like Tarantino and all those great, you know, writers and directors, but making it for children. Because obviously you can't have the same tone in this heist film than other heist films that a lot of us adults have, you know, watched. So it's just fun hearing him talk about trying to make that little tonal shift, you know, better for children. The movie's obviously very inspired by, um, the highest genre type of movies. We started with um, that reference to uh, Tarantino uh, and decided just, what if we made a Tarantino movie for children? Uh, obviously, you know, you can't really do that. It's, it's, uh, it's too um, very, very much adult. So we shifted a little bit, and there's still tons of homage to, to Tarantino's work, but we shifted a little bit more towards, you know, Ocean Eleven and Soderbergh and Guy Ritchie and these kind of influences. But really the point was to make to use those cool influences and just infuse that in the tone of the film. Now, Zazie Beats is up next, and she plays Diane Foxington, a.k.a. the Crimson Paw. And she's in talk about her character. Diane Foxington is the governor, and she, you know, is, she's very, I feel like, under control, but still kind of this sort of cheeky personality. It's important to her to sort of be a positive influence on 
her constituents and the and the city um and she helps to persuade the bad guys specifically Mr. Wolf to consider an alternative and to consider uh being good now we're going to play another clip for you now in this scene we have the governor talking to the wolf and she's saying I gave you an opportunity come on you you know you're not doing what you could do do better and he's like oh well I'm Mr. All That, and what do you know about me? You know, trying to play the lone wolf, you know, card, like, oh, you don't understand me. And then she, bloop, shows him this, like, this ring. And obviously she lifted it off of him. He's like, well, where'd you get that? And she just suggests to him, a fox and a wolf aren't terribly different. So get off your high horse. So that's just, it's kind of a fun little scene here. I gave you an opportunity. A chance to show the world that you're more than just a scary stereotype, but you're too proud or too gutless to take advantage of it. Gutless? I'm gutless? Oh, I'm sorry. Have we met? I'm the villain of every story. Guilty until proven innocent, even if by some miracle we did change. Who's going to believe us, huh? Of course you wouldn't know anything about that with your Little Miss Perfect Power Suits. Is that so? Wait a second, what did... How did you... A wolf and a fox are not so different. Maybe they will believe you, maybe they won't, but it doesn't matter. Don't do it for them, do it for you. This is a chance to write your own story, to find a better life for you and your friends. Come on, what have you got to lose? I don't know, my dignity? Yeah, well, that ship has already sailed. We're going to hear next from the director, and he's going to talk about stereotypes and how people judge people, animals, and all kinds of things that they deem evil or bad. And this is him talking about that. We tend to be so judgmental so very quickly of how somebody looks or how somebody was raised. Um... And this is why, you know, they've been stereotypes their whole life. We made story about the big bad wolf and, and, and films about the great white sharks. And we have, you know, phobias of spiders and snakes. And, but they are not necessarily true. Those animals are barely dangerous. You know, they are not dangerous. They are beautiful animals. And so they, they face that kind of stereotyping. I think it's a metaphor for much more stereotyping that we all face as humans. But... Um, but in the end, really the message of this movie is, you know, the actions that you take or what you do really define you as opposed to what you are and what your nature is or what you look like. Aquafina is up next. And I could go on and on about what she's been in. This woman is so good in, in so many things of late, but for a good reason. But here she is talking about how she enjoyed this project about good and evil and all the ways that, you know, we label people. I really like the way that the movie plays with the aspects of good and bad. I think those are, those are two terms often in our in our own world, in our own society, that we see misconstrued all the time. Um, we see people that look bad but aren't bad, and people that look good but aren't aren't good. I feel like the, it, it it has like these very human elements, and I really like. Um, I think that even though like they kind of detest being nice or being kind and sharing, I think they do. Uh, have a family together. So that in itself proves that they're not all that bad. Now, in that same vein, we're going to hear from Zazie Beats, And she's going to talk about how this film touches on finding out who you are. I think it's a great movie on the exploration of 
making making choices for yourself, uh, discovering who you want to be and leaning into that fully and sort of what the value of true friendship is, um, which is very valuable. Anthony Ramos is next. And he's going to talk about how this movie, you know, really shares the idea of taking time to find out who that person is, not just judging them based because, aha, I was told you were this, or I believe you're that. I think it's, it's take the time to see somebody, um, you know, and, and really, uh, like every person has good in them, no matter what they look like or where they're from, or um, every single person has good in them. And sometimes we just have to, we have to get past that fear of what we think a, a person is, or we, you know what I'm saying, to, to, really, to really get to the heart of that. We're going to play another clip for you. Now, in this scene, we have Professor Marmalade. He's trying to help this group of bad guys. He's trying to mentor them. They're walking on this outside, and they come, came, they come to a tree. And there's a cat up there all freaked out. He's like, well, what would you do? And he tries to give a hint with a, with a, like a like that. Ooh, ooh, make this, do this, do that. And it's just that whole learning process of you can do better, you just never have before. Hey, look, it's a cat stuck in a tree. It doesn't get much simpler than that. Now, what in this scenario would give you that good tingle? Eating it? This is why I always carry two pieces of bread with me. No, I want you to... Smack it. Skin it. Stab it. Sauté. Sing to it. Save it. I want you to set this up so obvious. I want you to save it. Oh, right. Right. Whoa, that cat is obviously defective. Now, coming up next, we're going to play some featurettes. In these featurettes, the studios, they send me interviews on the set footage, everything like that, and they kind of put it all together into one couple-minute commercial covering one particular topic. Like this first one, they're talking about the story. The next one, they're talking about the music. And if you really want to get really into it, the TV version, you could see all this, all the cuts between showing the stuff from the studio, the movie, and all that stuff. But it still plays well on a podcast, I think. So that's what you can hear first. The Bad Guys is really cool. It's crime time, baby. It's slightly dangerous. It's witty and it's quick. A little crazy. Crazy! You finally speaking my language, Chico! <laughs> We're the villains of every story. The animals we are scared of. They're the best at being bad. They're the best criminals. So long, suckers! If you want to stay out of jail, you need to go good. It's definitely a struggle for them. It's a cat stuck in a tree! I want you to... Smack it. Skin it. Stab it. Saute. Sing to it. Save it. I want you to set this up. It's so obvious. I want you to save it. Oh, right. The cast is phenomenal. Insane. Everybody really brings in their personality to the characters and really shapes them. It's a real stretch. Cranky, inflated sense of self. Yeah, I had to really uh, work on that at home. This is going to taste extra sweet. Nope. Sucker! Is it? I teach you the shit. <gasps> totally worth it. The action and the drama. You're going to laugh out loud. <laughs> I'm having a baby. There's a lot of heartfelt stuff going on too. You think? You see an animation? You think? 
You have it. Did we blow up? Is this heaven? When you go to cinema, I don't really want to know what I'm getting before I see the movie. I want something to be a surprise. And that's kind of what drew me to the bad guys. I mean, the way I always explain the movie is I'm like, it's like an animated Tarantino movie that the family can actually watch together. I want something that is not your classical score, but wanted a mix of jazz and funk and rock. The sound of this film was always something that both harkened back to classic heist movies of the 60s and 70s. And it had a different feel, so it was its own thing. So it means you can have a lot of fun. You can get really big. Okay, that was great. He was really able to craft a score that supports different themes, different storylines. These are the cards we've been dealt, so we might as well play them. Let's bounce. One of my favorite score pieces is probably one of the first ones you hear, which is Meet the Bad Guys. In the middle of a car chase, you meet every single character. This is the crew. So you have to score both a car chase and introducing all these crazy new people into your life. <laughs> His vision for what the music would be is incredibly fresh. Jackpot! Yes! And always keeping your toes tapping. Actually kind of beautiful. The Gala song is a big moment in the film. Hey, 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 I know you think you know me. You made your own conclusion. Because it was really a moment where music is a core part of the story. It's such a relentlessly feel-good moment in the film. I just want to get that song that like you have to start dancing to. really makes this film. Well, this just got a little weird. With the bad guys, you just get this crazy experience. That's all I'm really aiming for. And like I said earlier, there's a lot going on on that. So if you want to watch the TV version of this, at the end of the show, I'm going to give you that website because... You know, it's great to listen to, but when you look at this, they, they cut so many fun things into it, you know, between the show and the movie and all that stuff. If you want to see more on this movie, or if you've seen the movie already, and you want to see more of the making of, check out that episode. But up next, we're going to have this, another cool featurette. All these, all the characters or all the actors are at home and they're Skyping because back when they were making this, there's still COVID stuff going on. So they all couldn't come in the studio. So they had to do it from home. So they have like this giant screen and every actor is on the screen and they're all just talking back and forth, having a fun time. And then while they're doing that, they intersplice the real scene, how it looked while they're like, you know, you see them talking in split screen. Then you see that character saying that line, but you still get the same effect here when you listen to it. It's just really fun. What's going on? Hi, Sam. Hi, Richard. Zazi, <laughs> what's up? Anthony, what's hey. happening? Are we in the virtual mix? Hello, Lily. What up? Hey, Mark. Stop yelling at me. Hey, Craig. What's up, everybody? Yeah, baby. This is Bad Guys. Here we go. 
Wolf turns on the TV, we hear breaking news. Dun dun dun. Tiffany Flevitt, Channel 6 Action News. The bad guys have struck again. All right, guys, 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 stop it. We're on TV. We all know how dastardly the bad guys are. You bet we are. But what could be more positive than the annual Good Samaritan Awards? Who's up for another job? A big one. Museum of Fine Art, quick shot of the bad guys infiltrate the party in disguise. As they waltz inside, a stretch limo pulls up and we reveal... Professor Marmalade, this year's recipient of the Golden Dolphin, the most annoying good guy on the planet. In the past year, you've stopped wars, fed the hungry, and saved countless pandas. Some have described your goodness as second only to Mother Teresa. Oh, Tiffany, it's not a competition. And if it were, it would really be more of a tie. (laughs) Motion sensing lasers can and track wolf and snakes every movement. They're trapped. Can you give me five minutes, please? We don't have five minutes. That's webs. The curtain's going up any minute. Tarantula is furiously hacking to no avail. It's not letting me in. Did you try rebooting? You probably need to download a driver. Oh, you guys fixed it. Really? Now. And now the moment we've all been waiting for. The police chief unlocks security room door. She's about to enter when. Excuse me. Is this the lady's roof? Hold it, what? What? <laughs> On stage, the curtain rises to reveal the golden dolphin is gone. Please do not panic. Nice work. Now let's make it like a wolf and get the back out of here. Ah, wordplay. I don't get it. The party goes to see him. Oh my God, it's the bad guys. They stole the golden dolphin. Come on, come on. You can't prove that. We're out of here. So long, suckers. Wolf takes out the grappling hook gun and shoots it towards the ceiling, but instead of carrying the guys to safety, shrip, the cable tears his pants off. Well, that just got weird. Uh, (laughs) That was amazing. That was so good. This is a really good movie. There's a bunch Um, of other people in it besides me and Sam. Yeah, right? (laughs) That was amazing. Great job. Very fun. You want to run it one more time? Yeah, let's do the whole script. Can you talk on the phone for hours at a time, please? (laughs) Let's have a premiere party. Well, I'll come over to your house. (laughs) We got to hang out. All right, guys, everyone call me in 10 minutes. You know, I know they're actors, but to me, it sounds like they were having so much fun making this movie. Everybody's bantering back and forth. I could be wrong, but it was enjoyable to hear them all having fun. Up next, we're going to hear from the director, and he's going to talk about creating the character Wolf and, you know, the other characters too. And I just love hearing the process, him being an illustrator and just him making his way of what he likes, what inspired him, you know, things like that. Now, before I get to that, if you care about these kind of things, before I did this part, I kept doing it over and over and over again because it just wouldn't record. I'd do my whole spiel. I'm like, what? I look down. Oh, come on. <laughs> it didn't record. I'd shut the computer off. I'd go back in, shut it off. I probably did that like five times. I'm like, why? And then I finally realized, uh, oh, I guess I got to up, update the program. So I hit update and, oh, okay, now it works. So for those who care about that kind of stuff, you know, my behind the scenes stuff, man, it took forever <laughs> to get that for this segment to get done. And I don't know what I said before or whatever, but I'm like, oh, maybe some of it was gold, but maybe it wasn't. But this is what you got. <laughs> now, all that aside, here's the interview. 
The design of the character evolved uh, quite a bit, obviously. Um, uh, we started by trying to be uh, a little closer to uh, what Aaron had drawn, and then, but at the same time, I also wanted to make it my own universe, you know, and bringing my own um, uh, influences to it, and which are very much, you know, uh, a French sense of design and graphism, and also, but influenced by a lot of the anime style. I really was inspired by the, you know, the Miyazaki and you know Sherlock Hound uh, and the Cowboy Bebop style for for Mr. Wolf, um, and, and like from there, you kind of uh, gradually figuring out the rest of the cast. It was a combination of so many things, you know, my my own influences, the animation style that I wanted to get, the inspiration from the books themselves, and aging it up and making it really modern, you know. Okay, this next featurette might be a little bit, eh, I didn't know if I should play it or not. But this featurette, picture this. The director is standing in front of a whiteboard. The whole cast is sitting to his right and to his left. And he's trying to draw, or not trying, but he is drawing, drawing the main character, the wolf. And so the all the characters are like bantering back and forth. If this doesn't make sense, eh, I'm sorry, but it, I, I still felt it was kind of cool to play. Hey there, I'm Pierre Perifet, and I'm joined by some of the amazing cast of The Bad Guys. Hit it! And I'm going to teach them how to draw the characters from our film. You guys ready? Yeah. I'm ready, bro. I don't know, man. <laughs> he is totally gonna blow it. What do you say? You think I can't <laughs> do this? <laughs> Pens out. And we're gonna draw Mr. Wolf. Every time I sit in a desk like this, it just makes me want to be disruptive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too competitive for this. Why is my hand shaking when I'm <laughs> Sorry, folks, I'm switching into decaf. Pupils close together. Uh-huh. Oh, I see. All right, all right, here we go. Yeah. Anthony, what do you got going on over there? Yo, hold up. You know what I'm saying? We got oh, a little tiny, side You're making a tiny little. Sam, I'm glad you brought your dog. Yeah. yeah, do you guys want me to take him out? I'm sorry about that. He's waiting. No, he's commenting on the wolf drawing. And then a few lines on the nose, remember? My wolf looks like my uncle. I just want everyone to know. Wow. <laughs> so what I like to do with him as well is because he's such a cool character. Yeah. I just give him a little bit of a flair with the shell's color. A little cute for my taste. I had no idea you had these skills, Peter. Really? I might have to draw a piranha. Wolves are subjective, I feel. Very subjective. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a tooth. Ah, there we go. That's a good touch. This is the wrong place to sit yeah. for someone with anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't erase. Hello, this is What are you doing? Can I borrow your red marker? Absolutely. Ready? Bing. Oh, Boom. Wow. Teamwork, Come on. baby. Sorry, I kind of look like a wolf, sort of. They say that art reveals more about the viewer than the artist. Good job, everybody. Very nice. Yeah, mine is really demonic. We may be bad, but we're so good at it. <laughs> Thanks for joining, and I hope you love these characters and this film as much as we do. You should stick to acting. Out of all the people in the world, I hate you guys the least. Aww. That was actually kind of beautiful. I thought it was a safe space. <laughs> the next featurette is the director just trying to entice you to say, 
Come on, see the movie. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Come over here. As we all know, the perfect job requires the perfect plan. And it's not just about elaborate heist, nabbing jewelry, or stealing hearts. Do not Clooney me, Wolf. A good plan can get you anything, even a great movie. First, you need great source material, like a charming Australian book series as your blueprint. Next, you must gather the perfect crew, a dream team in production, story development, and animation. Then, you gotta get a really talented and good-looking cast. Oh, stop making me blush! Then start sketching, animating, recording, refining, tweaking, and perfecting until voila! You burst onto the big screen. Tires squealing, money flying, police lights flashing, crowds cheering, it's the bad guys, cool! Sorry, I got a bit carried away there. See how this impeccable plan brought our movie The Bad Guys to life when it hits theaters. We may be bad, but we're so good at it. I'm the bad guy. Well, I hope you enjoyed our in-depth look at The Bad Guys. It really is a fun ride. Now, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, any way to improve the show, feel free to contact me, cinemajudge at hotmail.com. Cinemajudge at hotmail.com or on Instagram, the cinema judge or on Twitter, cinema judge, especially my Monday, Wednesday, buddy. I've been trying to get a hold of you for a long time and I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Get in touch with me. I've been dying to talk to you at cinema judge at hotmail.com. Now, if you want to watch the TV version of this, go to Bloomington, Minnesota's webpage. That's BLM as in Bloomington dot MN backward slash BTV dash shows and type in cinema judge and there you go there'll be a lot of shows there and that way you get to see the tv version not just listen to it but now i love this part of the show this is where i thank you every one of you dedicated listeners who take time out of your life to listen to this show i love this part i mean you guys going to work coming back to work so many ways you listen to the show i love hearing about it and I had so many new listeners from all over the world for last episode and so many more for past episodes. I have no idea where you guys listen to, but I see sometimes people listen to old ones, part of the old archive, and I love that. So if you don't hear me mention you, if you listen to another episode, know this. I may not be able to tell where you were or whatever, but I do know that you listened and I am so grateful. But now for the people who listen to the newest episode, and again, from all over the world, from the United States, United Kingdom. I had a whole bunch from the United Kingdom. You guys are fantastic. That's so cool. Also, a lot from Canada. If you guys are sharing or telling your friends, family, or listening to it multiple times, I can't thank you enough. Every listen helps, you know, helps me move up the rating so more people could find us and all that stuff. Canada, Australia, a whole bunch from Spain, Denmark, Germany, Mexico, Australia, Chicago, Illinois, Minneapolis, Minnesota, St. Paul, Minnesota, Whitney Bay, North Tinside. Is that right? But thank you so much. St. Catharines, Ontario, Los Angeles, California, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Sydney, New South Wales, Honolulu, Hawaii. That's so great. Toronto, Ontario, Charlotte, North Carolina, San Antonio, Texas, Ann Arbor, Michigan, Dublin, Ohio, Jacksonville, Florida. Alexandria, Virginia, Pasadena, California, Orlando, Florida, Littleton, Colorado, Freeport, New York, Pottstown, Pennsylvania. Thank you so much. Is it Penaluma, California? South Hadley, Mass. You guys always stop in. 
I'm so grateful. Lilburn, Georgia. Thank you. Cottage Grove, Minnesota. Thank you so much. St. Louis, Missouri. Fort Edward, New York. Frankfurt AM, Maine, Hess. You guys are always listening. Thank you so much. Frankfurt, you rock. And Edinburgh. And here's one that I, I knew I couldn't pronounce, so here that is. Skelmersdale, Lancashire. And like I said earlier, to everyone who listens to past episodes, thank you a million. I love seeing that. Like, hey, this week, a whole bunch of people listen to The Outfit or Sing 2 or whatever. I mean, there's so many episodes where people are, are discovering now later, even though the movie's been out for a while, they're finding it in the list because some of those movies are so well list- worth listening to. Because just because they're not in the theater, they're great to you know bone up on. So then when they come out on rental or on demand or whatever, you could get information and watch it with all the information you need. So every one of you who listens to the past catalog, outstanding. And this week's bourbon shout out goes out too, with a sad and heavy heart, goes out to my mother. I just lost her this week. It's been a crazy week. So getting into doing this show is so nice. Because like I always say, I like to have this to be an oasis. Because we all have stuff going on. Crazy big things. But this is the place where we could come to and just talk about movies. So it was really nice to get back in this routine. You know, it's just the same amount of time from last episode to this episode. But so much has happened in this last week. I'm like, okay, back to my little oasis and just talk about movies. So mom, this is for you. Cheers. And in her honor, when I was making this show, I just played a lot of music I remember listening to with her back in the day. From the Oak Ridge Boys, the Statler Brothers, Dolly Parton, Willie Nelson, Loretta Lynn, Charlie Pride, Merle Haggard, Waylon Jennings, John Denver, and I could go on and on. I was all over the place because she had so many songs always playing on the radio. And I said, you know what? In her honor, I'm going to throw down some songs that reminded me of her. And it just made me feel so good. Well, that's it. My glass is full. I'm thirsty. So cheers to you into the movies. So until next time, be well, be good, and I'm gone. I'm Jeff. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Judge. <laughs> <laughs>